Welcome to the Aqua Girl Pod Adventures, episode 36, Domestic Violence 101. And I have a special guest new to the podcast, <laughs> and I've been a fan of hers for a while. I'm going to let Dorian introduce herself. Uh, and then we're going to get right into it. Yes, thank you so much for having me. Thank I'm, you for I'm really happy to be here. And can I just say, that intro is the bomb. <laughs> <laughs> like, yes, I feel like, ooh, that's my welcome to the ATL, shout it. That's like, right. I love, I love how that is. But thank, thank you. you for having me. Uh, my name is Dorian Johnson. I am a, a violence prevention educator. I work at Spelman College, and I've worked in the field of violence prevention for quite a few years. I first started off in community agencies, so I would do rape crisis centers, and I would work at domestic violence shelters, um, but... Now I'm at Spelman College. Before then, I was at North Carolina Central University and just working with students as an advocate or working with programming around stalking, domestic violence, and sexual assault on college campuses. Awesome. I've been a fan of Dorian's for a while. I've been following her on Instagram for forever. So mm -hmm. when she moved to Atlanta, I was so happy because I was just like, she could be my friend in real life. And she didn't move to my city. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Because you was in Virginia and mm -hmm. then North Carolina. North but Carolina. this is my second go around actually in Atlanta. I was here in 2016, but only for like three months. Then I ran back home to Virginia. So <laughs> it, it happens. Folks, right. You know, folks had to come to Atlanta, test it out a little bit, and then go back. And exactly. feel like, okay, I want to go back. Exactly. But yeah, so I'm so happy that she was able to come on my show. Yes, you know, you. so um, I'm going to, before we get into the top of the hand, I have a couple of uh, around Atlanta things I want to share with you. Uh, first and foremost, please vote. If you have not done so already, we have about, what, like a week and a half. Mm -hmm. That's you know, please go, you know, down in Fulton County, you can go to State Farm Arena mm -hmm. and it's in and out. So my favorite favorite people at the home depot backyard they're doing outdoor classes now Ooh. socially distanced outdoor classes so look into that they have the schedule posted so take advantage of that well the you know i guess since the weather permitting and we still in the 80s in october right so at least for now <laughs> at least for now also pont city um market they are opening the roof um for the seasonal igloos um so check that out. I'm not sure the prices, so don't come at me about the prices, but it is really cute to, to see the igloos on the roof. And they have the other activities as well up there. And also last night I had my, the pleasure, I'm a VIP finally y'all, I went to the soft opening of Slutty Vegan's third location off of Edgewood. Yes. And it was so beautiful inside and so inspirational to see her doing her thing. Absolutely. You know, she, this is her third location in two years. Mm -hmm. And she started on a, with a food truck, y'all. So it is amazing to see her growth. Black girl magic. I saw okay. your reel. It yeah. was really nice. So I had to immediately do that. Usually I come home and I, you know, do the reel the next day or do my post, but I had to share this black girl magic. Yes. And it was just so awesome to see the community so excited mm -hmm. it's a historical part of town you know she's a block behind dr martin luther king's home right. and it's just you know arbor avenue is for us anyway and right. so it's going over to edgewood and bringing you know black businesses back into that area exactly. it's just so amazing to see yeah i'm excited for that i still need to try it so that was my first favorite? time last night girl you know mm -hmm. i'm not an advocate for lines but um <laughs> 
Let me just say this. I think with the new addition, the lines will be decreasing. Okay. Because I, I passed by the West End location last night, and it was a little bit. It wasn't the long, long lines that I'm used to seeing. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Okay. It's a good yeah. sign. Right. And it's worth it. I had the one night stand, baby, with the you know the vegan bacon and the you know the vegan burger. Right. And it comes with the fries, and I think there's and the some fries. sort of like seasoning. And it was the season was good. Oh, and this one, guys, this is a treat. I'm glad you brought that up. Mm-hmm. They have adult beverages there. They have adult slushies. Um, so I had like I forgot the name of it, but it had Jack Daniels in it, and it was That's delicious. What I'm about. <laughs> so she has um, adult beverages, uh, desserts, oh, wow. and she has apparel for sale and her wrap snacks. She has not one but two wrap snacks. I saw. And, and then it got a rap song. Okay, she's right. She's not even a rapper, and she that's has what I'm a talking rap about. Not popping. even got a rap song. <laughs> okay, so you know, I always try to do something educational yeah. and informative. And um, let me take a deep breath. I'm gonna share something very personal that I haven't shared to anybody outside of like my close circle, and you know, I think it's needed. And I, I brought you on because I felt comfortable sharing my my experience with this. Mm-hmm. And I want to share, you know, resources. And we have to be each other keeper. Absolutely. You know, the reason I really want to share my story is because I experienced so much shame mm-hmm. alone and listening to the thoughts and opinions of other people that didn't matter mm-hmm. as well, living that way on me. But I won't get too much in detail. Oops. But I had a situation last year where someone did put their hands on me. It was someone I was intimate with. To make a long story short, I did have to file a temporary protection order. We had to go to court. And, you know, it was just difficult to go through all of that, you know. Absolutely. You know, people joke about how I'm almost 40. Yeah, I'm almost 40. And that was the first time me actually have to go to file something. And that was a new, all of that whole experience was so wild to me. Because you're not just going down there and just filling out one piece of paper. That's right. You're going, you're making statements and putting things on book. You're filling out a book of information. You have to go, you know, I guess under oath, if, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know. And that's just not the first it's not the first time you'll go to court, so it's a temporary protection. Right, it's order. a temporary so it's seven protection. Seven days, yeah. and then you have to go back, and there's the court date so, if you want it for years. So, yeah, yeah, so it was a whole process, you know, with me dealing with that and feeling the shame, you know, and then what was wild to me how a lot of people was telling me or trying to discredit like that didn't happen or he didn't do that. Mm-hmm. First of all, it's just like I had to really check people because I who has time to go to, I had to go to Clayton County. Okay. I live in Cobb. Mm-hmm. So I had to drive out of my way to go do this to feel protected. Right. So why would I, first of all, try to, if it really wasn't that serious, I wouldn't have to go through all these serious matters to protect myself. Right. So it was just a lot of emotions that I went through with the situation and like I was like maybe I'm not even in the domestic violence category I was like then I started reading the statistics I was like man, I, I'm one in the three well what made <laughs> you think that you weren't in because the um it was a one-time thing okay it was a one and done you know it was nothing continual 
So, but you know, as more as I started reading it, I was like, it was somebody that I was intimate with. He was a former partner of mine. It, you know, it was somebody that I trusted. Mm -hmm. So I was just like, you know, that did fall kind of under that category. Right. And then when I, I'm gonna pull up the some of the warning signs too. Mm -hmm. That's right. why I want to share as well. Is a lot of the warning signs that I kind of overlooked. And, you know, I hate to sound so cliche, but this situation had to happen for me to see some of my areas of weakness for myself as well. That's not cliche. That's you not know? cliche at all. Because sometimes, you know, when we go through those obstacles, that's when our eyes are open to yeah. some things. Because, you know, I just saw how, you know, I'm such a nurturing person. I want to make sure that you're okay. And some things, especially... We're going to talk about that later. Anger, mm -hmm. that's something that I shouldn't have to deal with. Somebody else's anger issues shouldn't be something that I'm trying to coach and trying to seal and try to help you with. That's something that you should take ownership as as a person and, you know, work through. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, it was wild for the longest. You know, I didn't even think, you know, I tried to not think about it. Try to just do everything and not really deal with it. I was going to a therapist, so I was really speaking on it and getting it That's out. Good. But I didn't. It didn't really hit me until maybe, honestly, maybe six months. Like the severity of everything. Mm -hmm. You know what you went through. What do I went yeah, through? That emotional toll. The emotional toll of it, and it's just like I tried to sweep it under the rug because I had got so much pushback from other people's opinions when they should have been minding their business because nobody knew the truth. And that especially happens if if the partner or the abuser is like popular or everybody knows mm -hmm. them, right? Or they know them to be one way and like, oh no, they couldn't do that. They, right. they would never do that. So his perception mm -hmm. outweighed what I knew to be true because right. I was like, he was in my home. Mm -hmm. We were around each other for a good amount of time. So you're not going to tell me that this behavior didn't happen. Right. And a lot of times that's when the misconception that when we talk about intimate partner violence and domestic violence, that it's just an anger management issue. But oftentimes it's not because it's an isolated incident. Or it can be where the world sees them as this bright, loving, funny person, but we know them to be this way because mm -hmm. that's that power and control that they have over an individual. Right. So, and that's, that's you know, when we talk about the definitions or how to spot and, and recognize domestic and intimate partner violence, like those are the things. They're not gonna always be the way they are with, you know, that, that partner to everyone else absolutely and so that's why i want to kind of shift in since, since you mm -hmm. started that okay. like some of the warning signs that mm -hmm. some people because you know you know i'm i'm actually great because you know people were trying to joke on me about you know being me being this all going through something like this but i'm grateful that i had past partners that were more, more mature and i haven't had to deal with anything like mm -hmm. this so i am grateful that i was able to experience something like this so i know going forward what i want a partner to look like and let me say something to that too Domestic violence, intimate partner violence, it doesn't have a specific age. It doesn't have a certain social economic status. It doesn't have, you know, there, there's no age when it comes to it. Um, it there's, it's, it's not just for heterosexual individuals. It can happen in the LGBTQ community. So IPV, it doesn't discriminate. It happens at all ages, at all stages in life, Absolutely. whether you're rich, whether you're not so rich, whether you're educated, whatever. Like, mm -hmm. it doesn't discriminate. So it can happen to everybody. So exactly. that's something I definitely want to say for those who would say, oh, well, I'm too old to be dealing with this. No, you're not. It exactly. Happens. It happens. <laughs> right. So 
one of the things I, I pulled up, it was like, do they put down your accomplishments or goals? Okay. You know, with me being, you know, not very, very popular around Atlanta, but I am You're from. popular. No, I'm from <laughs> here. I grew up here. So I am known, mm-hmm. but, you know, he would make certain comments about the things that I do and, yeah. you know. Jealousy. And, and we often see jealousy as something where it has to do with an outside factor, but mm-hmm. there can be jealousy in between the relationship as well. So, right. Yeah. So um, let's see here which ones I want to go through because there's a lot of one on a lot of ones on here. Um, and I think as you're looking, that's something that we, you know, we have to think about is are those red flags? Domestic violence, intimate partner balance is a pattern mm-hmm. of power and control. It's that pattern of abuse. So and we often attribute it to physical violence, but it's not it's not solely physical. It's, oh, no. it's verbal. It's emotional. It's financial. Mm-hmm. There's so many different things. So a lot of times when we define what intimate partner violence is and domestic violence is, a person might say, well, I'm not going through that because such and such never put their hands on me. But that's not always the case. And that was not the case. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't paying attention to these things. Okay. And then it led up to, you know, that altercation. Okay. Because yeah. for me, I, it was a possessiveness yep. as well, like mm-hmm. popping up at my house, you know, Absolutely. And things like that. I didn't mm-hmm. I didn't like that. Mm-hmm. You know, you still, even if we were dating or whatever, you still need to let me know. Absolutely. You know, that, hey, I want to come over. Is that cool? Instead of you telling me that you're outside or yeah, no. telling me you, you're at my gate. So mm-hmm. that behavior, too, was a little bit, you know. Kind of something that. A little like, something was like, you mm-hmm. know, could be a red flag. Could be a red flag. To... That was just like, oh, but maybe he just likes to see me. It was just like right. a gray error for me. I was just like, mm-hmm. okay. So I didn't. Like that either. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then um, try to control what you do, who you see, and when. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that you control. know, a control. Also, what he would try to make jabs on my physical appearance or if I wear certain things or if I wear red lipstick or if I do my hair a certain kind of ways. And I actually brought that up to him because I was just like, I've never, first of all, if one thing I know for certain, two things I know for sure <laughs> that the exterior I have that together. Okay. You know, I you know I am an influencer in that space. Beauty is beauty, fashion is one of the things that you know I've been That's doing for thing. you know over ten years. Right. So for you to criticize me wearing red lipstick or me putting me a a pullback bun. That bothers you, but that's something that I've always done, and I've never had anybody criticize that. Right. So that was just like wow Mm -hmm. to me. Like you're gonna tell me I'm a female about my my lipstick. Mm -hmm. And what would that look like? So for people listening, so that they could kind of get an idea of what that might sound like. Oh, I don't like when you wear your hair with the what's that the middle part in the bun. Mm -hmm. Do you have to wear the the lipstick? I like more gloss. Mm-hmm. I love that. Very distinctive. Right. And so I was just like, certain things I'm not going to change. If I feel like I want to have a middle part bun, I'm wearing my middle part bun right. with my lipstick. Right. Absolutely. I never was a gloss person <laughs> at all. I might wear a little Vaseline here and there, but the this lipstick. This is me. This is who I am. This is what I enjoy. Right. So, you know, I I, I value your your opinion, but no. Right. I, didn't, I just felt it was very critical. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and then, you know, he never t- did too much of my, my my outfits or anything, but he did try to tell me how to dress, you know, more sensual or sexual. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
And it was things you were uncomfortable with? It's just I know what I want to wear. You know, sometimes I don't like a lot of form-fitting things. Right. You know, it's just my... My forte, I always kind of been like comfortable, comfortable, tomboy <laughs> chic. Mm-hmm. You know, I dress up when I have to dress up. If I got to right. be somewhere that's, you know, calling me to be, you know, really, really dressy mm-hmm. or, you know, I'm going to come out on that. But right. I'm not the body kind, yeah, no. you know, person, that's not right. that's you know, not it's just not me. I might now sometimes where I have like the midi dress that comes down past my knees that's a little form-fitting, but I always might put a little, right. you know, something Rocking around my waist. Sneakers. You right. know, mm-hmm. and, but yeah, it was those little behaviors and, you know, being very double-minded too, not able to make decisions and mm-hmm. letting in his anger and unresolved issues and trauma overseed into, you know, me trying to help you figure that out. And so was, was it projecting onto you, like some of the issues mm-hmm. that he was dealing with, and a making lot of it seem like issues. it was right mm-hmm. that your fault? So yeah. when we see instances like that, that's sort of like gaslighting. So mm-hmm. it's like it's making you think like, well, maybe I am crazy. Maybe I am doing exactly. something to cause this person to act this way. Yeah. So it was a lot of gaslighting, narcissistic behaviors, and it's just like it was very eye opening to see these things. So I know what they look like. Right. Because, you know, um, they will make you feel, really feel like you, you're you doubting yourself, that you're really, like, crazy. Sometimes I was just like, I know, nah, no, I know this, and then, you know. And we blame ourselves, right? right. We sit there, and it's just like, well, maybe I shouldn't have said it this way or shouldn't have done this this way. And that's that, that's that power and control and that manipulation that's making yeah. us feel like we did something wrong. And then, you know, that particular person was just a finesser. Okay. You know, and it's just like, I remember instances where I just said that this is what the kicker was really made me start really distance myself a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, I told him, I said, you need to really just take some time to yourself, not talk to anyone. It's just work on you. And he was like, you just don't want me to be with anybody. That's and not what I said. That's not what I said. You know, I ultimately want everybody to be with people, you mm-hmm. know, that they person. But you have a lot of unresolved issues that you're not, de- you have not dealt with. And it's, it's not healthy. You know, I dealt with a lot of mental, you know, abuse. Right. And I see that now in retrospect, you know. Mm-hmm. But that that comment really made me look at him in a different light. Because I'm not saying that I don't want you to be with anybody. But the behaviors that you you know, are displaying to me are unhealthy. Right. And I can see it. And so, you know, and every time that I would, you know, kind of try to pull away and leave you alone, you know, that he will not let me do that. Mm -hmm. And that was the issue for me. Like, I don't want to, you know, be bothered with you, but you're still trying to come around. Right. You're still contacting me. You're still contacting me. You, me. you, you told me that you was popping up at my house and, you know, thankfully... God be knowing. That's why I say God is so good. Every time that he would pop in my house, I would not be there. Wow. Wow. That's why I say God is too real and too good and too faithful. Because who knows what would have happened if you were there. He would have stood outside. (laughs) (laughs) But that's, that's just wild to me to see how people, you know, think, you know, it's just, it's just wild. But I'm just grateful that I have, you know, the great therapist that I have. Mm-hmm. I've been doing a lot of self-work, self-meditation, mm-hmm. and, you know, journaling, mm-hmm. and just seeing, 
you know, the areas of growth and just seeing myself now a year later from that situation. Mm-hmm. And when, one of the things about intimate partner violence is that the the numbers are so much greater. I believe it's like 30 to 50 percent more black women experience mm-hmm. it rather than white women, let's say, for instance. And even when we look into the factors of, of homicide, it happens. So for folks to think that it isn't an issue, it's a taboo subject, but it shouldn't be within our community. And it happens so much and we suffer in silence because, you know, no, we aren't being supportive of, of folks that are going through things. We don't talk about it. So the fact that you're even doing this and sharing your story, I appreciate it. Thank so. you. I just felt that it was time. And I think that, you know, I saw the good work that you was doing. So I definitely wanted to bring you on. So, you know, I just wanted to try to bring a community how we can we can help each other. Mm-hmm. You Absolutely. don't have to because I went through it essentially alone because right. I had a few good friends that was supportive. I had a lot of homeboys that was really yeah, uh, you got the wood, and you know things kind like of. You good, you, you good, right. you gonna be all right, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you know. So that's why I was like, you know, what resources or what kind of planning do you recommend? You know, for us as you know the community, or what do you you know you know those type of things that you recommend for us? Um, so each state has a coalition. They have a um, rape crisis centers, and there's also domestic violence agencies in each state. And so oftentimes when you look on the Internet, I love the way that um, certain websites are, are focused because let's say you are in the home and you are fearful of your safety or something like that, you can easily exit out of those websites. But there's ways in which you can talk to advocates in your community and you can talk about safety planning, which is, you know, kind of your escape plan, essentially. Um, how can you do this if there's children involved? How can you do this if, you know, you're financially dependent on your partner? So it looks at things of that nature. Um, there's hotlines, domestic violence hotlines that a person can talk to. Or if you just want to Google some information and I think to first like we have to define what a healthy relationship is to ourselves like what I define as a healthy relationship is not necessarily what you may define at a health, mm-hmm. as a healthy relationship and that's okay right because like I said a lot of folks will be like oh well this person didn't put their hands on me but I see it as more than just putting your hands. I see it as verbal. I see it as psychological. Mm-hmm. I see it as financial. And so we have to define what that is and what that looks like. And I know a lot of these statistics may say like, oh, you know, folks have seen this in the home growing up. But I was also, I also dealt with um, intimate partner violence. It started in high school and went on through college. And I can just kind of echo everything, the sentiments you're saying about, you know, like, what is it you did, Dorian? Or Dorian crazy, she da da da. Because I used to fight back. You know, <laughs> that's, I did in college, girl. <laughs> right. That's I, why I buy it with you. I right. Knew, I, knew. I, I, I was not, you know, and, and one can look at that and say, maybe I was a perpetrator or maybe I was an abuser too, but I used to fight back. And it wasn't anything. that I saw growing up in the home because I came from a loving home. I came from, you know, a stable family. Um, And so I think it was just some things internally that I needed to work on in Mm -hmm. myself because it's not always the case that, you know, I seen my mama or my grandmother or this is like kind of like the generational thing that happens. That, That wasn't the case for my family. It was just, you know, I thought that that was love at the age of 17. And then I went on to, you know, do the same things. Oh, well, I'm a buck on you if you're, you know, talking to somebody else or if you're not answering the phone and, you know, just kind of mimicking those behaviors that were um, done to me. So like I'm saying, just we have to define exactly what a healthy relationship is. And, and kind of like you said, you know, if we're thinking twice about something, that intuition, like hone in yes. on your intuition, right? Because it's not going to be right. If something is making you think like mm, that, that doesn't feel right. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? 
then 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 sit with that, then think about that, and trust yourself. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, it's but but it's hard, right? On the, on the flip side, it's hard because we love a person. We don't get with people because they show us who they are immediately. If that's mm-hmm. the case, then we wouldn't be with, you know, former uh, abusers and things of that nature. They show us who they are. They show us a different side, and we love that person. So it's, it's hard to leave. Oh, absolutely. You know? You know, things didn't start trickling down till later. You mm-hmm. know, it's always the honeymoon phase or a different oh, yeah. representative that they show. Mm-hmm. And then moments of vulnerability. I can't even talk. <laughs> vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Like I said it right. We, got, we might be good. But yeah. <laughs> You show that more sensitive side, mm-hmm. and then you like, oh, it's kind of harder to be like, mm-hmm. I don't want to do this no more. Or, right. And it's know. interesting that you said that because oftentimes in the field, we may refer to that kind of the honeymoon phase, and it goes to the tension building phase, and it goes to that's when the abuse happens. We often refer to that as a cycle of abuse. Um, but making sure to note that people understand that abuse doesn't necessarily happen in a cycle. It happens differently, but there is that pattern of power and control over where we're good and then something happens and the tension is building and then the abuse happens and then we're good again. Mm -hmm. So, and that's often when we think about that kind of cycle of abuse and and the pattern in which abuse happens, it takes, I believe the statistics say, it takes a person of average of seven times to leave, right? Um, And sometimes that doesn't always happen and sometimes that ends in homicide or you know we're, we're, we're we can be thankful to say hey we were able to you know get Absolutely. out of the situation or you said it was a one and done situation mm-hmm. but it doesn't dismiss what it is you went through and it doesn't dismiss the actions that occurred from that abusive partner right and that's why people don't understand it was just not that instances of being one and done mm-hmm. it was a lot of other psychological things that I went through as well that, that I didn't realize until I sat down and actually started dealing with the situation mm-hmm. started dealing with myself you know to get to where I am today right because I saw I've, I'm so happy that I decided to do a lot of self-work okay a lot of journaling prompts mm-hmm. really focusing on me okay. and why I wasn't able to you know detach mm-hmm. you know sooner Mm-hmm. And but that's not your fault though. It, I know, but I you know, at those times when you get to thinking about everything, you is just like, why can I just not just right. chuck up the deuces? Yeah, and then this one, this one never happen. Yeah, this one never happen if X, Y, and Z. All those scenarios play through, mm-hmm. and I just had to be kind to myself and be mm-hmm. gentle and just like you know, it's over now. Mm-hmm. You know, I wish him well. Right. I pray about him still. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. but that wasn't for me. And God knew that wasn't for me. And so things had to happen so I can get where I needed to be. Right. So, but yeah, um, anything else you really want to share too? Yeah. Um, when it, when it comes to domestic violence and intimate partner violence, oftentimes, well, we see the statistics are higher for black women, right? But that's because of, of the racial and, and sex, sexism, racism and sexism that we see that happens in our community. So oftentimes as a black woman, we put the issues of race before sexism, right? Mm-hmm. Because we already see what's happening in the judicial system. We already see what's happening with policing with our black men. So it's like, well, I don't want to get this person in any more trouble. I don't want them to lose their financial stability. I don't want them to be in the system or anything like that. So it's like, even though I'm going through something, I don't want to put this person out. Right. And I don't know. For me, I, I don't, like, my, my my race and my sex are synonymous with each other. I don't, Absolutely. one doesn't supersede the other when it comes to instances and when we talk to instances like this. And I, I want black women to know that, you know, this person has done something horribly wrong. And so if if it comes down to it, 
then it is just what it is. Absolutely. You know, it doesn't mean that you are, you know, not having unity in the black community or you're not trying to look out for the black man and for the black brother. You know, it just is what it is. Right. And then yeah. and, and, and those are some of the victim blaming things that we see in our community. And some Absolutely. of the things like you said that you dealt with and that I dealt with, too. Like, well, why are you trying to do that? You can get them in trouble. And I especially see it on college campuses, because let's say you're dealing with something like I can give, use myself for an example. In college, I was dealing with a very popular basketball player mm-hmm. and that situation like nobody believed that this man was doing this like and some folks would actually see it like they they saw him throw things at me uh put his hands on me and they just be like man y'all gotta chill out like what's going like and not say anything Mm -hmm. and so you know that's the thing like I, i i'm hoping one day that we you know as a community can see like that this is an issue and that we have to talk about it mm-hmm. and 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 doing things like this and you know talking about it on platforms and making it you know visible in our community is how we kind of um absolutely how we kind of fix the issue i just want more unity amongst us and right. i want a more you know and believe black women yes like and and we see that now we see that with meg the stallion we see that with what what's happened with brianna taylor like we don't believe it's all about oh unity and community but then what happens like why are we not and i and i hate to use the term protecting black women because on one hand i believe in that but then the other hand it's like well why would we need protecting if people just knew how to act absolutely we would need protecting so to say and that's all it is just be a good person be Mm -hmm. respectable because at the end of the day i didn't have respect in my partnership with him okay that that's what it was Mm -hmm. you know if you respect me as a person things wouldn't have escalated or Mm -hmm. got where it did Mm mm-hmm And so that's why, you know, that's the first things that I look for uh, any particular partners now Mm -hmm. is how you respect me, how you move in my space. Right. You know, it's a lot of things that now that I don't waver on and I will cut you off really quickly. Right. If you're not, you know, coming to me in a respectable manner or, you know, I see those narcissistic tendencies now, Mm -hmm. you know, because that's what um, that I, I failed to mention, too. You know, I am older and communication is very big. So if someone, you know, ghosts, not ghosts, but don't talk to me if they have an issue, I guess the silent treatment. That's a is, problem for me. Yeah, yeah the we, silent the, treatment. We can't do that. We, we're not we're not moving forward. Mm-hmm. I need you to communicate. If I said something that made you mad, instead mm-hmm. of you not talking to me and I'm supposed to be Miss Cleo and try to figure out mm-hmm. why, <laughs> why you're not talking to me. Mm-hmm. And then you want to come, you know, a day or two after where you made me mad. I'm not trying to hear that because, you know, I told you what a pet peeve is for me. Mm-hmm. Open communication is fine. Don't Anger, ignore me. Yeah, don't ignore me. Anger is, you know, a, a valid emotion. Mm-hmm. But Absolutely. how you channel it and how you, you know, communicate things mm-hmm. in that space is important to me now. Absolutely. So, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, just communicate okay. that, you know, I'm going to need a couple of days, something that you said, you know, I'm not in a space to talk to you. Just mm-hmm. so, so, some of those things. Right. Let me know that you're mature in how you handle your emotions mm-hmm. and then we can proceed. But you, if you have have like a silent treatment mm-hmm. we're not, we're not and when you it. when you don't communicate because it's like i want to talk about the situation right and let's say the partner is your partner is just you know going silent you know ignoring you silent treat me whatever ghosting you or what have you and then it's like oh well you're supposed to be the person when they're ready to communicate to just all of a sudden be a listening ear mm-hmm. to hear what they have to say and it doesn't work like that like that's why that communication like you said is important like okay we're gonna i'm, I'm ready to talk you're not so let's find a time when we exactly. both could be good and maybe we need to take a breather and then we'll come back and come together yeah it's all about the mature communications on things and that's what i'm looking for now because, you know, I, tr- I I think it was prematurely. I tried to start dating earlier this year, mm-hmm. but the guy started 
displaying like these narcissistic tendencies, mm-hmm. the silent treatment, mm-hmm. and I had to let it go. Right. You know, I, and that happens. Like, you know, trust me, it's it's, <laughs> it's hard out here when you're aware of things and when you're aware of folks' trauma and the things they haven't worked through. Mm-hmm. Now you I see it. Single. Yeah, like, I see it now, and I'm just like, nope. Right, and people are like, nope. oh, Dorian, you, you know, you got this going on. Why are you? So? Because I'm aware, and I can exactly. see what's happening. And so it's just something I'm. I'd rather have my singleness than being something that makes me feel less than a person. Exactly, and that's why I say I'm not, you know, trauma bonding anymore. Yep. You know, yeah, I went through not. the the healing cycles of knowing what that looked like, mm-hmm. and so you know. No, I need somebody that's going to be 100% with me. I don't need any 50-50 right. like, you know, as we was going up there. It's like, you get 50, you get 50 in relationships. Right. No, I need a whole person. Right. I need you whole to come with me, and then we, we do this together. Right. So, and yeah. I, and I know for our situations, we speak from a, uh, a situation of privilege, right? Because we didn't have any children with anybody. We weren't financially dependent on anybody. And it it can be hard, but I think how we can support people is just listening right believing mm-hmm. people listening being an advocate um you know even if your friend comes to you or a family member or whoever just say well i'm gonna look up some stuff for you absolutely whoever that person may be um and and i'm gonna find some resources in the area that can help and that's that's you know that that's how we you know of course there's those other things that eradicate these behaviors but that's how we you know, fix the issues in our community. That's how we are a support to people that are going through things. And of course, this is not a situation where men are only the perpetrators. Women can be perpetrators as well. Like women can be abusers as well. So we just have to, you know, talk about it, listen, support, all of that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Anything else uh, you want to share as well? How we looking on time, Lexi? Okay, perfect. Yeah, go if you want to go ahead and share some more. Yeah, so uh, some resources, um, just so some the folks that are listening, the National Domestic Violence Hotline, there's a national coalition, excuse me, against domestic violence. Um, Like I said earlier, every state has a coalition that works with rape crisis centers and that work with domestic violence agencies. There's a YWCA. Um, A lot of times people think it's like the YMCA, but totally different. The one here in Marietta um, is about um, ending racism, empowering women. Um, and they have a focus on domestic violence and sexual assault. Um, Ujima Community, they are an organization that's located out of D.C., but they're a national organization, but they work with a lot of different people about violence against black women in the community. Um, and the Black Women's B- Blueprint, um, they are really heavy in sexual violence. So okay. sometimes things can go hand in hand. Um, intimate partner violence, domestic violence, and also be sexual violence as well. Mm-hmm. So. Awesome. This was so great. Um, you know, I'm glad that I, you know, got enough nerve to do this because I've been wanting to do it for a while. Yeah. And I just want to tell to, you know, speak to anyone that's, you know, in a situation or someone's going through something, mm-hmm. you know, just be gentle with yourself. Absolutely. Oh, For, that's so perfect. Oh, yeah. yes. Be gentle and you be, with yourself. Be gentle with yourself. Forgive yourself. Mm-hmm. And also, because, you know, I am Christian faith based. Mm-hmm. Forgive mm-hmm. the other person, too, yeah. because you don't want that weighing down on you because, you know, you're carrying that around if you don't forgive them. Right. But those are my keys because for the longest, I was so hard on myself. Me too. And not letting that go and knowing that's the past and we're in Mm -hmm. the present and I have a future that I need to, you know, be concerned about. And it especially happens because for me... Like uh, the person I was with in, in, in college, when you see them often married and when you know that like 
well, why they didn't treat this person like they treated me? Like, why? Why me? Mm-hmm. So, like you said, be gentle with yourself because, you know, everything happens for a reason. And sometimes it's it's a reason to where we can uplift and, and, and encourage and empower the next person to Absolutely. say, hey, I don't want you to go through what it is I've been through. Absolutely. So, you're brave. You're brave for this. Because Thank everybody, you, you know, Thank like you. I said, we suffer in silence, especially Absolutely. black women in the and black community. It was just a shame of it all. You don't mm-hmm. want to put too much out there. You know, you got people already trying to control the narrative of yeah. what they think is happening and you already don't want you already look in one way so you don't want to you know ch- you know challenge what somebody else is saying about mm-hmm. the situation so you just let it kind of breathe in its own space mm-hmm. so yeah it's just it's just a wild place but I wanted to do this so people can get resources people can do the research people can be supportive mm-hmm. when you know friends or family member come to them you know, with situations like this because right. we need the support of each other. Absolutely, absolutely. So I do want you to share your social media and any other information and, or any other things that you have going on so, you know, my community can, you know, follow you and support whatever you have going yeah, on. thank you so much. So if anybody does have any questions about anything that um, we've discussed and talked about, I can be reached on Instagram at the T-H-E underscore FemFocus, so F-E-M-M-E-F-O-C-U-S. It's thefemfocus.com, the FemFocus on Facebook. Um, my email is thefemfocus at gmail.com. I'm always open. DMs are open for questions, comments, concerns. Um, I like to provide resources or be a light and be, you know, just a path to anybody that needs anything. Awesome. All right. So the podcast is now on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Google Plot. I always get tongue-tied at the end. <laughs> Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, CastBot, Pos- Lord. <laughs> Podcast Addict, and Speaker. Let me see. I think I had an inspirational quote that I wanted to Ooh. share today. Or let me see what the affirmation was for today because I didn't even read it this morning. I like that. While you're looking for yours, there's this quote that I like and it's yes. by Audrey Lord, And it's it says, if I didn't define myself for myself, I'd be crunched into everybody's reality of me and eaten alive. Ooh. And I love that one so That's much. That's a good one. And then look at today's daily positive affirmation. I am, I am safe. safe. Come on. Come, come on, Louis. Hey, this is Ray on time. Right. And that's, you know, that's important too before I close out. You have to create safe spaces for yourself. That's right. You know, whatever make you feel at home, mm-hmm. you need to have those those pla- those places for yourself. That's so important. It is very, very, very important. But thank you so much, Dorian, for, for joining me. me. And this has been great. Y'all guys, make sure you go follow and support her. And until next time, you guys. Mwah.